Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. Hello, everyone in podcast land. Welcome to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the show about the nanny. The nanny is a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher that we're re-watching every single episode of. I am Shondi Pasquale here with... Tori Sheffield. That's right. And this is season six, episode seven, Mom's the Word, which I guess is a play on Mom's the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is uh, written by Suzanne Myers and Cody Farley and directed, uh, as as I, I think maybe all of the episodes this season, uh, by Peter Mark Jacobson. Uh, a season of two-parters, Toria. Yes, it's like every episode to to be continued. It feels like. Also, what if Cody Farley was like the third Farley brother? <laughs> Maybe he is. <laughs> He's the black sheep that the movie was written about. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. uh, Cody Farley uh, is a writer. Uh, the gentleman has written on the TV series Ladies Man and and um, was the script coordinator on the Larry Sanders show, which is pretty tight. Uh, mm-hmm. Also wrote for Bet. I don't know what that is. B-E-T-T-E or B-E-T? B-E-T-T-E. Oh, Bette Midler. Oh, it's a Bette Midler show. Wow. I didn't know she had a show. Joanna Gleason, Bette Midler, and James Dreyfus. Wow. I love Joanna Gleason. Anyway, too far away. Okay. So he wrote Empty Nest, Single Guy, The Nanny, Ladies Man, and Bette. And then Suzanne Myers. Uh, wrote um, also all of those things. So I'm going to assume they were a couple and or a writing pair. Um, and yeah, this episode is or, pretty or good. Or con- conjoined twins. Or conjoined, or yes, with two different last names for some reason. <laughs> she she got married. She took her husband's name. Okay, I'm, I'm loopy, I'm goofy. Okay. All right. Uh, so this, Toria, this is, uh, what is this episode? This is the episode where Fran is pregnant, or or a little bit of a spoiler, so she thinks. And mm-hmm. um, Mr. Sheffield does not take the news well, which yes. causes a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we begin this episode with, so so Fran is she's asking Brighton to take yet out to the movies, but you think it's Gracie at first because Fran's like, don't let her eat any junk food and do not let her out of your sight. And then, and then he's like, okay, okay, come on, Yetta, let's go. And I wrote, this is actually so sweet. And I think, I just want to say, Brighton's really grown up to be a nice guy because he's like yes. so nice to all these old Jewish ladies that are constantly in his life. <laughs> like, I think that this was so adorable. I genuinely loved this interaction and this subplot and the ending, the payoff to it, all of it. I loved it. Great. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Um, and so, um, so that happens, and then Sylvia rushes in. Oh, and you know what? I totally forgot. We should definitely begin with where the last episode ended because it was a to be continued. But this last episode, or the last episode, was when Fran rushes in from well, the so doctor's office. So this is technically office. a three-parter. Yes, it is technically a three-parter. Oh my god! Season oh my. season-long arcs uh, on mm-hmm. the nanny. Who who could have imagined? I love this season. Well, but so in the last episode at the end, Fran comes rushing in. She's like, I need to talk to Maxwell. I need to talk to Maxwell. And she's about to tell him that she's pregnant when he 
it, you know, kind of exclaims, oh, like, I'm just basically like, I'm so glad we don't have children because I don't want them yet. Like, that's like the, you know, the paraphrasing what he said. And so she, so then he's like, and what did you want to tell me? And she ends up not telling him, right? Because yep. she, she doesn't know how to break it to him now. So that's where, you know, I think we're literally like later that day. That's one of those <clears throat> things that also, it, it only happens in sitcoms. <sighs> I mean, I am We're sure. like, you're yeah. about to tell someone something and then they tell you the exact opposite thing. And then you go like, uh, and then they go, what were you going to tell me? And you go, nothing. Has anyone ever said to you, what were you going to tell me? And you had to go like, um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it never now happens like, in real now life. Now I bet you that'll happen to both of us this week. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then, so then Sylvia comes rushing in cause they're in the kitchen and she's like, darling, I came as fast as I could. Like, what's wrong? You know, you sounded, you sounded really awful on the phone and Fran tells her that she's pregnant, but there's a problem. And then Sylvia's like, it's not his. And then Fran, I love this cause Fran's like, ma, of course it is. You know, this, this thing growing inside me, it's a living expression of our, of our love and connection as husband and wife. And then she's like, well, what's the problem? And Fran goes, he don't want it, <laughs> which <laughs> made me laugh. Like, it was such a funny delivery the way she said it. Um, but you know, Sylvia's like, no, you know, tell him like, trust me, it'll be okay. And Fran's like, okay, okay. But like, she's like, mom, do not tell a soul. Okay. Like it's going to be hard enough for Maxwell to hear it from me, let alone hearing it from someone else. And they leave the kitchen and the door to out to like the main part of the house, which had been sort of propped open. It closes revealing that Niles had been behind there the whole time. So he heard everything. And <laughs> okay. he literally has this he has this look on his face. He, he's a cat that just caught a mouse. Right? Okay. Like, I have so many notes on this scene. First of all, this is this scene is notable to me for one reason and one reason only, and that's because apparently this is like the year that cookie dough ice cream was invented, which is crazy to think. Wait, are you that, wait? That that happened in our lifetime, bro. Literally, did you Google that? Sylvia says it's like that new cookie dough ice cream everybody's talking about. No, like, no, no, no. That's not what she said. She was yes. like, when it came out, she's like, it's yes. like when that came out, which was it says nineteen eighty four. No, is that true? I just googled it. We it's from Ben and Jerry's. I think Ben and Jerry's invented it. So she was more like, hey, it's like when, not this just oh, happened. I thought she meant when this happened recently. But no, still, no, no. 1984? That Is still it? blows my mind. It still blows my mind that it took us until 1984 to go like, hey, we could put cookie dough and ice cream. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, stuff used to be, the thing is, Amer let me tell you this, listeners. This is the one thing that America does right, and that is ice cream and ice cream flavors. If you go- yeah. I mean, obviously Italian gelato is amazing, but like if you go to England or lots of like European countries, you're going to be like, garbage. what, you're like, what is this shit? shit? Um, also, the other thing I wanted to mention, um, aside from the cookie dough thing, is they, they mention Bride of Chucky here. Mm -hmm. And then they mention Bride of Chucky again later. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's a scene in this episode where Niles dyes his hair bright orange. And then guess what they don't do? They don't ever make, make a, a Niles Chucky joke. Why? 
it's, that's it's too right many. it's right that's, there his hair is literally the same color as chucky's hair he looked like chucky i was like oh shit they're teeing up a bride of chucky he looks like chucky joke and no. then nothing i was so let down i can't even express how sad no i, I to me that would have been like why are they like did they did they run out of jokes this week like we don't need to rewrite of chucky jokes and also like they weren't even in the same scene well, see, as that's the, the people thing. talking about it I, I actually argue that two Bride of Chucky jokes without a third payoff of like, oh, his hair looks like Chucky is too many Bride of Chucky jokes. Because it's like, why did they mention this freaking movie two times? I mean, look, the movie's notable, like for a couple of reasons, right? It sort of re uh, reinvigorated the 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 child's play franchise and and kind of made it much more comedic and satirical but like I, that has nothing to do with this i for sure thought that's what they were teeing up especially once he went orange i mean he looked like chucky i was very disappointed i didn't i didn't even clock it listeners, i would like to find out if there's a cut chucky joke listeners what do you think um yeah okay so controversy so was there any other okay. thoughts? Those are my big thoughts. thoughts. No, though, that's the, oh, yeah, mo, no, my last thought on that scene was, how long was Niles standing there? <laughs> <laughs> how many minutes? <laughs> I know. Like, I in know. total. Because was he there during the Brighton Yetta stuff? Was he already there behind the door? <laughs> uh, uh, maybe. And why or did he walk in during the Brighton Yetta stuff and go, oh, I don't want them to see me and hid behind? Like, I, I mean, just you want know to what? know. Maybe, maybe he walked in and they didn't. It may, I, yeah, we don't know. We just. This is my spec script for the nanny. <laughs> it's just going to be the day that Not... led up to him getting trapped behind that door. <laughs> It'll be. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That, that's like fanfic that then gets turned into movies like that's yep. how that stuff happens but that's so right. they're they, gonna make a movie by niles getting trapped behind the doors but story. you guys we have not even gotten to the opening credits yet so, so but so all right all niles, right you're rushing it's the last season this is uh, we gotta because i gotta we gotta re-listen and add it it takes it takes some money. you gotta listen in real time but so um <laughs> then and so we've established that niles knows this big secret and we know niles is a huge gossip so then in the next scene you know, Fran and Sylvia, they're in the living room and they're still kind of talking about this. And Sylvia's like, I can't believe I'm going to be a grandmother, this and that. And Niles comes in crying. <laughs> and Fran's like, Fran's like, oh, what happened? Did Brian leave his bank statement out again? <laughs> and then and then he's like, no, I'm just so happy about the baby. And I don't care what that man thinks. <laughs> and it's so sweet. Um, and then, you know, um, but Fran Frears swears him to secrecy and he almost blows it the second Maxwell walks in, but he, you know, he keeps it together. And we also find out in this scene that um, Fran plans to name a baby Shlomo. <laughs> <laughs> Shlomo Sheffield. Um, and uh, so, or, you know, or, or if it's a girl, Shloma. Shloma. <laughs> Which I but really so liked. Niles like ushers Mr. Sheffield away since, you know, they're still talking about the baby. And, mm -hmm. and Sylvia's like, you know, do what I did with your father. Like, create a nice romantic situation yeah oh i'm yawning um slip into I'm a sorry negligent. to bore you <laughs> i'm boring yeah. myself I'm sorry but, to um, bore you with the podcast we're trying to make <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <sighs> wayne's world party time um, but so no she 
<laughs> she, you know, without without the context of our earlier conversation, <laughs> you sound insane. <laughs> Listeners, we're both wearing no, our no context, no context, nope. That's it. She just every once in a while, Tori will just bust out with the Wayne's World theme. Moving on. Okay, so okay, Fran gets so- Fran gets super sexed up. She wait, looks wait. great. No, Sean. Oh. If they want to know, they just have to pay um, our what's that? What's that thing that people pay for when you have extra content? OnlyFans? <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. Yeah, guys, if you want to know what that's in reference to, just send over just two dollars. <laughs> yeah, you can subscribe to the to the um, baby friend level of our Patreon. Uh, it's just a dollar a month, and it gets you you know bonus stuff, uh, access to behind the scenes. Um, I wear a, a GoPro on my head, just follows me around all day, uh, even to the bathroom. So yeah, get, go check that out. Especially in the bathroom. Yeah, and then the highest the the highest level tier, of course, is uh, is the Niles tier. Uh, that's a hundred dollars a month, and uh, Toria will come over to your house and make you dinner. So oh, I'll bring it. a pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, I meant to say she will get Kyle to make you a pizza that she'll bring over. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that we've established our Patreon tiers, our made up Patreon tiers. Yeah, please don't uh, look for that. That's not real. Okay, it's not real. Should it be real? Should we be doing it? Um, but so, uh, Fran had ushered. You know, sorry, Niles ushered Mr. Sheffield away, and yes, Fran. Uh, Sylvia is like you know, slip into a sexy negligee, make all his favorite foods, and you make him relax and romantic, and then break the news. So we then cut to um, <laughs> sort of the B plot of the episode. Cece's in the kitchen making some coffee. Yetta comes in looking incredibly upset while also wearing an incredible slot machine sparkle jacket. Yes, I know. I want it. I also realized, like, I have not spent enough time, like, pausing and really looking at Yetta's jackets because I think they're probably exquisite, like, every single one and, and, like, probably have cool designs. But sometimes I just, like, I just don't even think to, like, take – take the time but it was awesome but anyway she comes in she's upset and she tells Cece she's like I lost the boy <laughs> I lost the boy at the movies and Cece's like Burton <laughs> the idea that Cece still doesn't know their names um and I just also love that Yetta thought she was watching him <laughs> and she's also like this isn't the first time this has happened to me. I lost my little girl, Sylvia, in 1939, and I never saw her again. <laughs> and and Cece's like, she's in the other room. Yada screams, my baby, and runs out. And I just wrote, that's tragic. <laughs> she thinks she lost her daughter. Uh, it's very silly. Um, but but it makes her a real fun runner for this episode. Oh, yeah. So funny. Um, but so then... You know, Sylvia, oh my God, Yada runs out screaming, my baby. And then Niles pops his head in really alarmed. And he looks at Cece and she's like, he's like, why was she just yelling baby? Because he's very on alert for anyone that's going to give Fran's secret away. And Cece, referring to Brighton, goes, oh, it's just this whole big secret. Don't tell Maxwell. It's not a big deal. And that leads Niles to think that Cece knows about Fran's secret. And then mm-hmm. I actually thought that was like a kind of clever way to have this happen because it didn't feel shoehorned in. Like I did not see that coming. And then there's this amazing moment where, <laughs> where after Cece's like, it's not a big deal. Niles looks really surprised. And he's like, so, so you're okay with it? Like you don't think that Miss Fine's pregnancy is a big deal and like not the final nail in like your coffin with Mr. Sheffield. And then 
<laughs> so it turns out Cece had no idea about the pregnancy. And she literally goes, Nutty Fine is pregnant. And the camera zooms in on her face to like ominous, like, like soap opera harpsichord music. And she has like just <laughs> abject horror on her face. And then we zoom out again. And then Niles goes, wait that wasn't your secret and then he realizes that he just accidentally revealed this huge thing and then there's a close-up on his face with the ominous music and he has this hilarious expression it was very like telenovela it was it was very telenovela it was it was it was pretty funny yeah um and and i was like you know it's so interesting because like the other big sitcoms of the day like think about like friends or whatever like they just they just were not doing this kind of stuff like this was so zany yeah, but but friends had the uh, Hanukkah armadillo, which I always really liked. No, that but that's cool. like that's different than I. That's why I always say some of this stuff is like precursor to Thirty Rock. Like it's yeah. very like meta. Yeah, it, like you know, it's using other parts of popular culture or or not even necessarily popular now, but like cinema history or television history, and yeah. they infuse it into the show. In like a very fun zany way, yeah. Um, and but so Niles like begs her not to tell anyone, and at first she's like, "Oh, so my life is over," and he's like, "I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I'll be your slave." And then she's like, "Okay, like I guess I do have something to live for." So now <laughs> he is uh, under her thumb, yes, uh, until I guess forever, maybe. I don't know. But well, so- I mean, I mean, the 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 episode kind of an- answers that question because it's like he's under her thumb until word Everyone gets out knows. right yes, and yes, and then yes. he like immediately is like i gotta go take care of so that's one of my favorite lines <laughs> of yes but so okay so then we cut to fran and maxwell's bedroom and fran has taken sylvia's advice and she's now in like this white beautiful negligee number it was actually very victorian it was like kind of high collared and had like those blousey sleeves and she set up this romantic lunch with like all of his absolute favorite foods on a table with candles and flowers and he comes in and he's like, oh my goodness, like this is incredible. Um, and they kind of, you know, start to sit together and it's all going well and it's romantic and he's kissing up her arm. And while he's doing that, she's like, you know, I was just looking at your baby picture over here. Funny that he has his own baby photo in his bedroom, by the way. Yes. But, <laughs> but I was, you know, looking at his baby photo and going, I was just looking at how adorable you were and thinking how adorable a baby of ours would be and and you know wouldn't it just be nice to hear the little pitter patter of feet around here and he's like darling like we've been over this we just got married (laughs) why spoil it with midnight feeding 3 a.m diaper changes constant crying and you know niles isn't as young as he used to be (laughs) and i was like oh my god yeah niles does all that (laughs) okay but here's the thing right Mm -hmm. it 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 makes his own he, he like discounts his own argument here because his whole argument of like, no, I don't want a baby because like it's going to change our lives and I want to be able to just like, you know, disappear to the French Riviera with you or whatever. And it's like oh, and then in the same breath, he's like and like Niles is basically going to taking care of the baby all the time. So it's like, I don't know, dude, what are you worried about? Like, what is he no. actually worried about? You I know? know, I know, but here's the thing. Like, yes, Niall, they, they rely on Niles way too much to be like childcare and baby care, which is just a funny joke. But like people like that doesn't change the fact like their whole center of gravity will change. Like, also, um, couldn't he just hire a nanny? I mean, there is precedence for this. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Well, we, we know he's he's not actually the type of parent that like 
never sees his children, you know, like they do dinner together every night. He's very invested in the well-being of his children. He worries about them a lot. He has lots of rules and regulations. Like babies change things. It doesn't and, and it changes often a lot of times. It changes your relationship. That's why a lot of people. Oh, wait, hold on. Get, Let me. Babies change relationships. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you shut. You salty dog. No. Um, <laughs> no. The thing is, it. I, this sentiment I've heard a lot. It's like people get married and they're like, you know, yeah, we definitely, definitely want kids, but we want to give it a couple years because, like, we just want to like enjoy each other first, right? Yeah. Like, no, I mean, look, Elizabeth and I are so literally much. have said those words, and that is what we're doing right now. It's like we really, yeah. really want kids. And like, I ain't getting any younger, neither are my parents, but it's like, I don't know. It felt weird to just immediately rush into like, let's start having a baby and change everything. So we're just like chilling. I'm enjoying having an office and that goes away if I have a kid. (laughs) Anyway, I just think that he kind of like talks out of both sides of his mouth here. I I get what you're saying, um, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, well, we'll have to He's not the best dad. (laughs) (laughs) I guess my point. He's not the best dad. All right. Moving on. Well, so then, okay. So they're having this conversation and she keeps trying to convince him like how nice it would be and kind of keeps pushing a little and then he keeps pushing back against it. And he finally pushes, you know, even harder, you know, obviously not knowing that she is pregnant. And then she just has a meltdown, like in a huge fit of anger and emotion. She's just like, I can't believe you're saying all this. This is the meanest thing you've ever said to me. And like, he doesn't not know where that's coming from because he's not saying anything mean. He's literally just like, no, no, I want to wait. You know, we don't want it now. And then he's like, I don't understand where this is coming from. You're, why are you acting so irrationally? And she then just sobs and she's like, because that's how pregnant people behave. And she runs out of the room, leaving him gobsmacked. Like that's how he finds out that they're having a baby. Yeah. We then, he, looks, he looks stricken. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, he, my also, for that scene. he sits down and he looks like stricken, which I mean, it's, this is very nitpicky, but like felt like the wrong emotion from him in that moment given where the next scene like goes because like you know what i mean he's like kind of okay with it once he like processes it so i feel like the the reaction there should have been more like oh wow you know like oh yeah oh my gosh you know like i and i wouldn't have said all that if i know yeah and instead it looks more like oh no a baby and like that's not really how he's feeling then in the very next scene he's like yay (laughs) but no he comes around to that sean you're nitpicking you're nitpicking everything this episode i think that it made sense because he hadn't processed it yet and he has to kind of arrive at that feeling he's not there yet what if our partnership completely breaks down before the end of this season? <laughs> we we never make it to the finale because it's just like you're you're being just too negative. <laughs> uh, who would make a good co-host for Toria, folks? Send in your votes. <laughs> yeah, throw your hat in the ring. <laughs> yeah. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway this spring. Top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney. Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. 
So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. One plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So then um, we, okay, so, so he runs out. We then go back to kind of our B plot and Brighton runs into the kitchen frantic because he thinks that he lost Yada, whereas obviously Yada thinks she lost him. And he, and then he's like, oh God. And he's like, Gracie's there. And he's like, I just, I don't know how it happened. I took my eyes off her for one minute while she was talking to a cardboard cutout, you know, and then he's like, and, and now she's wandering around probably, you know, asking, you know, then now she's just wandering around out there asking where Bride of Chucky is registered. And then he's like, <laughs> she's probably a crane barrel. And then he runs out again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that he's so upset. It's so cute, yeah. and heartwarming, actually. Yeah, he's. It's like his little, his little bubby. Yeah, I know, I know. And then, Cece, they, you know, what? good for the show. They've always had a consistency. Those two have had a special relationship since the very beginning, and it's mm. cute that they've kept that consistency going the whole time. Yeah. It's, oh my god! Remember when they had the scam going to get bar mitzvah money? Mm-hmm. So good. It's great. No, no, they've always that's what I'm saying. They've they've played really well with like the idea that like Brighton and Yetta just established this very special relationship early on. And it's so cute how it's paid off over the years <laughs> to this, yeah. right? To, with him just being like frantic that something's happened. Uh-huh. It's great. And then um, we cut to the living room. Cece's still toying with Niall. She's made him dye his hair bright red. Like and Chucky. Then- Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Sheffield calls Niles into his office and you know he's literally like, Niles, because Niles is his like therapist during tough times. And he's like, oh, Niles, I'm, you know, I think I've done something terrible. You know, Fran's pregnant. And Niles is like, oh, really? <laughs> and then and then he's and then Mr. Sheffield's like, but I, I did something bad. I, I told her how I was feeling and Niles literally smacks him and he's like, what did you say to her? You need to make this right. And, and then he's there like, how oh, could you do this to me? This is supposed to be the happiest day of my life. Uh, in my, my note is I don't think Niles would actually be happy for a baby because he knows all the responsibility has- is his. Yes. yes. Yeah. But I, I, I think it's kind of cute though that like he doesn't like he loves a baby. They kind of just established this guy loves a baby. He's just excited yeah. for a baby in the house, which I mean, you know, I get that. Well, he, I love a baby. He's been he's been watching babies since he was a baby because mm-hmm. remember we, he was changing Mr. Sheffield's diapers, and there's only probably a decade difference between them. Yeah, he loves <laughs> child rearing. Like he just loves it. This is this guy's hobby. He and he's an unmarried guy. It's kind of sad. <laughs> that's true think well about it. <laughs> then let's not think about it too much it's very yeah sad. let's move on let's move on yeah he's then, got a great line at the end of this scene he goes wait like that scene ends with basically niles establishing like oh 
everyone knows now. Like Mr. Sheffield knows Fran's secret is out. So then he goes, I got to go get something out of my hair. And Maxwell goes, going to lose the red? And he goes, yeah, right after I get rid of the blonde. <laughs> Which is uh-huh. such a good line. He's so, he has a great delivery. It was uh-huh. great. Uh, yeah. It was very, very funny. Um, and then we cut to <gasps> Fran, who she yes. had stormed out in her robe and negligee after getting in that fight with Maxwell. And she's now at the park. She's still in her robe and negligee. And she she sits down next to a woman with a baby. Woman is played by... Uh, wait, wait, wait for it. It's Margaret Cho. It's Margaret Cho. It's Margaret Cho. Margaret Cho. Margaret Cho always gets her own theme song. Uh, that was by Skank and Pip- Pickle. That's a 90s ska band. They wrote a song called Margaret Cho. The lead singer is Asian, by the way, and friends with Margaret Cho. So it's it's a, oh. a running in joke and it's totally okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and for anyone who, who maybe doesn't know, um, Margaret Cho is an incredibly favorite, favorite, fa- famous, and one of my favorite stand-up comedians. Um, she is so good. Her material, even you know her stuff from the '90s. Like if you ever watch like um, the Comedy Central stand-up specials, hers were always just like literally couldn't breathe funny. And she is she, her materials evolved a ton over the years. She tackles all kinds of um personal also often very progressive issues as like a queer woman of color um and she's just awesome and she was so funny in this scene um she was like a scene stealer which is hard to do when you're just you know have a bit part on a tv show but but i guess the nanny's very good at casting scene stealing small bits small parts but so fran sits next to this woman you know on a park bench and the woman has a baby and um She's friends literally like, oh, you have a baby. Like, I, I'm expecting too. And then Margaret Joe's like, oh, it's such an amazing time. And then she looks up and like screams at a kid off camera and is like, do not eat garbage. You'll die. Like, she's clearly just like at her complete wit's end, actually. Um, and that's kind of like a running joke throughout. Like, she'll say something really positive about having kids and then she'll look up and scream at her own son who's doing something <laughs> horrible. Um, but. Um, you know, Fran's like, you know, I'm just, I don't know what to do. Like I'm having a baby, but my husband doesn't want one. And Margaret Cho is like, no, like, trust me. Like as soon as he holds that baby in his arms, you know, he'll be a total teddy bear, which I think that's true. Like I, you know, she's basically like a lot of, a lot of fathers get very nervous, but I was like, that does suck that it like, you know, the woman is excited for nine months and has to go through nine months without someone being super excited with her. Not in every case. Of course, there's, um, you know, often they're both parents are super excited. But the idea that like your partner doesn't get as into it until holding yeah, the sucks. baby. That's I know. I, I've heard that happens. Like they men say that a lot. I don't know what to say. Men are garbage. Um, I, I thought the bit of this scene was going to be, I thought the reveal was going to be that those aren't her kids and she's just like a nanny. Which would have been like very funny twist, like following her being like, no, 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 it's going to be great. Like having kids is awesome. Uh, but I actually liked that they just went with like, oh no, she's a mom, and like, uh, and and childbirth is painful. <laughs> yes, yes, because they they also talk about childbirth. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, but after talking to this woman who's basically like, no, like, trust me, like, as soon as the baby comes, it'll be okay. Um, Fran's like, you know what, I'm going to go back home and I'm, I'm going to keep talking to him about this. Like he's, he's a, he actually is a really kind person. And I know we just have to keep talking about this. Yeah. But when she stands up to go home, she gets like a really bad pain in her side and literally like keels over. And it, it, this part is played very seriously, not for laughs. We then literally cut to a, uh, the exterior of a hospital. And like the music is very like, uh Oh, this is a serious situation. Like we, we, we transition from jokes to, to like real talk very quickly. <laughs> yes, very quickly. In a way that we've never had on this show before. Like I don't yeah. think we've ever had music that sounded like that to like yeah. cue us that this is like potentially oh, really something serious. terrible has happened. Yeah. Yes. But then we get more jokes. Yes. Then we then as soon as we get ta- we into taken into that lane, we careen back yeah. <laughs> quickly <laughs> with some whiplash. But yeah. hey. We can take it. Yeah, yeah, um, we have our seatbelts on. Um, and so she's in the hospital and this doctor appears and the, the audience is like, woo, and then cheers. I had to Google it, but Same. this is an actor named Chad Everett. He was best known for his role as Dr. Joe Gannon in a show called Medical Center. Uh, Did you know which, what that was? Medical Center? No, I didn't know. Me neither. But it, and apparently it premiered in 1969. It ran for something like seven seasons. I don't yeah. wonder, it, it was probably like the ER of its day, you know? And- so I, I've never seen the show, but I was very curious. So like I Googled it and like all I know is if this was the theme song every week, I understand why it ran for seven years. Listen to this. <laughs> this is for Medical Center. And on and on it goes. Isn't that ridiculous for like a medical show? But wait. I okay, we're gonna have to cut this. I am going I'm going right now, I'm looking at the visuals attached because you can go on YouTube. Yeah. And no, you know, it is it is a I can see it. I see it. This is a very action. They're trying to make being a doctor seem very exciting. Um, I mean, they do a good job. I, I wanted to watch the show after watching that intro. It's, no, it's action-packed. What a great no, I, theme song. Like they literally had footage of someone looking at a microphone, a microscope to this theme song. Mm-hmm. Like go, Listeners, go online. No, it's I great. mean, that's incredible. I liked it. Well, also, I, I just realized me saying, I guess it was, you know, like the ER of its time dates us because a yeah. lot of younger listeners are probably like what the f is er yeah. what you meant to say is it's probably a lot like the uh gray's anatomy of its time yeah i think also dates us uh what yes. you meant to say is it's a lot like the chicago med of its time there we go jeez except except you have to remember those the shows that we're referencing or famous AF, whereas now yeah. there's so many shows that who even watches is okay but so so the doctor comes in and everyone cheers and he's this handsome guy who, you know, had clearly been a very handsome man in the 70s where, you know, probably a household name. 
And, and Sylvia, oh, that's in the next scene. <laughs> Sylvia's yeah, meta well, joke. <laughs> oh yeah, well because that's later. But so the doc, the doctors ask. He asked Fran what she ate that day. She starts listing things, and she's like, she basically lists like an entire like three days worth of food. She's like, well, I had some eggs, and then I had a whoopie pie, and then I had a bagel. And she keeps going, and she goes, oh, and then a little cinnamon rugula. It was very dry, just a bite. <laughs> um, and and the doctor, he literally goes. I'm just going to write down stuff, <laughs> which made me laugh that a doctor would just write down stuff, stuff. next to like what the patient ate. And he tells her, and, oh, and she's very concerned. She's like, you know, how's my baby? And he's like, we're going to wheel you downstairs for an ultrasound. We don't know anything yet. Um, and she's like, well, well, um, when my family gets here, how, how will they know where I am? And he's like, if they can hear, they'll find you, <laughs> which is a very funny thing to say to Fran. And then we get to Maxwell and Sylvia in the hospital waiting room. And it's a very sweet moment. Like, cause Sylvia's, she's visibly very upset. And she's like, you know, why, why won't they let us see her? And Maxwell literally goes, he's like, mom, I'm sure she'll be all right. And she's like, that's the first time that you ever called me mom. And he's like, well, you've, you've been more of a mother to me than my own mother ever was, you know, or ever has, which, mm -hmm. which was a nice moment and a nice thing to happen in like Beautiful. this kind of moment of stress, you know? I thought this was such a like really, really, really sweet moment. I, I, mm -hmm. I love, I love this scene. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, then the doctor comes out and he tells Maxwell that he can go in and see Fran, or I guess specifically Fran was like, can I see him? And, and so Sylvia sees this doctor and she goes, Oh my God, it's you. I used to stay home every Wednesday to see you. And yeah. you're like, wait a second. Like, is he a TV doctor? Is he a real doctor? And then she goes, he used to drop off my dry cleaning while he was working his way through medical school. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, Sylvia. <laughs> it's really yeah, funny. <laughs> it's a very funny little like joke. A little and, meta joke. Wait, yeah. Yeah. And so then, then Maxwell, he goes into the hospital room and, you know, he instantly apologizes for what he said to her earlier. And he's like, I I'm sorry. Like I, I do want a baby, you know, it's, you know, he's like, I didn't want one until I realized we were having one. And he's like, you know, it's just like how I didn't know I wanted another wife until I met you. You know, it changed everything when I found out it was real for us. And, you know, and then they, it gets really sweet. You know, he cuddles close to her and he's like, you know, I hope he has your nose. And Fran's like, and I hope he has, you know, I forget what it was, like your eyes. And then and Mr. Sheffield's like, and my voice. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, uh, the accent. <laughs> but, but it's just like this cute thing where like they, they fully transition into like our argument was silly. Let's put it completely behind us. Like, yeah. no, we love each other and this is great news. But then no sooner does this happen. Does Nora Dr. Dunn Ren shows up to ruin everything. <laughs> yes. So Dr. Reynolds comes in. Fran's gynecologist because Fran had specifically asked for the hospital to call her yeah. and then she's like oh Dr. Reynolds Dr. Reynolds like how's my baby and the doctor goes Fran I'm so sorry and then it cuts to to be continued yep yeah I should say I'm so sorry as Fran starts to cry yeah. I was like what it's a very dark what? ending it's it a very dark ending can I can I spoil for the sake of everyone i'm just gonna say the next episode very quickly reveals that this was not a miscarriage and like i'm glad but also it is kind of messed up that they left an entire country <laughs> on a week-long cliffhanger of oh this fun lady from the show you love maybe had a horrible miscarriage <laughs> 
it's I, like so dark. And then like the solution next week literally ends up being like, oh, you were never pregnant to begin with. But like, the, I don't know. I felt this was very, very so dark that I started the next episode because I was like, Me no too. way oh my God, they you did too. this. I was like, it's so dark. No way. And then they undo it in the first five seconds. So... It, it was totally very weird because the thing is, it's like, you know, usually you want to watch a show like this to escape reality. And this just felt like <laughs> not so be sad. reminded to the horrible realities that women are losing children every day. <laughs> uh, every day a woman finds out that she's lost a baby, the nanny. <laughs> Tuesdays at eight. Oh, <laughs> but very weird. Very but weird. But anyway, so then we cut again. We have we have just violently changed lanes so many times in the last few minutes while watching yeah. the episode because then we go to the episode button which feels so inappropriate now because it's mm. a totally played for laughs brighton walks into the mansion looking completely dejected because he still can't find yada yeah and then yada walks in from the other side of the room in the living room and she also looks dejected they then look up and they meet each other's eyes and they realize that they found each other and they start in slow motion running towards each other to like they embrace and then they just like happily swirl around the room each other's arms which is very funny but i just like could i was still a little shell shocked from before and then i have a note where i went what segment theme could Sean have possibly chosen for this episode? Because I know that you've been trying, like for the listeners, little background, he pre-made 22 segment songs in one day. And now is after the fact, trying to choose ones that fit for each episode. So I'm like, why could you? Okay. Uh, well, I was really stuck until I found that <laughs> medical center theme. And then I was like, okay, fine. So this, uh, we're going to throw to our all new 60s segments theme. Segments. And now, segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, segments? All right, so segment time. Segments. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to our segments? Um, should we get into our segments? Segment. <laughs> but you see, but, do you see how Medical Center totally saved me with that segments theme? It fits. It I fits. loved it. Sean, and, I'm loving it. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Okay. Thank you. All right. Favorite so, lines and moments. Uh, well, I, I really didn't have too many one-liners in this one, um, but... Then the one I did have, I already said, which is I really liked that whole, I got to get something out of my hair. Are you going to lose the red? Yeah, right after I get rid of the blonde. I thought that was just like a really flawless boom, 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 you know, like a great exchange. Um, And I mean, look, I'm a sucker for the Child's Play franchise. So I loved every Bride of Chucky reference uh, in this episode. Loved when Maxwell was listing all the things that having a baby would mean. And it ends with... And, you know, Niles isn't as young as he used to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love CC thinking that Brighton's name is Burton. Yep. And there was this line. It was kind of a subtle line. It wasn't like played for the biggest laugh, but it did make me laugh where when, you know, after Fran and Maxwell have reconciled and they're kind of now like imagining like, you know, what their baby will be like excitedly. Um and, you know, Fran's like, she's like, do you think the baby's okay? And he's like, he's going to be fine. He's going to grow up big and strong and 
just like his dad, he'll be a member of the chess club. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's just like Mr. Sheffield is such a dweeb. It's so such cute. a dweeb. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, Big nerd. Yeah. And I do love that Yetta was running on the loose asking people where the bride of Chucky's where the bride of Chucky is registered. <laughs> She's just so confused. Um, and then we didn't have any Yiddish, but no. we did have the word, the, the name Shlomo, yep. which, so I looked it up. Shlomo is the Hebrew version of the name Solomon, yes. which is a very famous Old Testament name. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty cool. Solomon is a, in my opinion, a better version of Shlomo, but it's all relative, you know, it's all relative. Yeah, it's all relative. And then for Nanny trivia, this is, um, this is like a little bit of trivia about Fran Drescher herself. And it, it's, it's like maybe less trivia and more just kind of like putting all of this into context. Right. So, uh, for anyone who has read her book, Cancer Schmancer, or maybe heard any of her talk, she was very open in her, her personal memoir and also some essays about like her own experience with fertility. Um, because Fran Drescher, she, she does not have children. So when I, because I had read that book and then was watching this episode, like I kept being reminded of some stuff in the book. And I was like, oh, this, this all must have been so weird because she was like a woman who did want children and, and then she was doing this episode. And so, um, okay, as some of our listeners, well, they may or may not know, Fran Drescher, like the actress, producer, SAG after president, um, she was diagnosed with uterine cancer in 2000. And Union her, warrior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of her treatment was like an emergency hysterectomy. Like it, it was literally going to be in a few weeks. It was like, you have uterine cancer and now we're removing your uterus. And in her book she's really clear that she was someone who like, she, she thought she would be pregnant someday. Like she, she, she hadn't decided she didn't want children, even though she was like approaching 40, you know, it's not like she was thinking that's not for me. And it's definitely like an experience she thought she would have someday. And so it's like her kind of life expectations got turned upside down overnight. Right. Um, and -hmm. so it was really hard for her. And there was, there was that, which is like me giving you some context that I know from her actual book. But then this is from an article from The Cut. Um, It says, you know, once she was in remission, Drescher began a phase she called life after cancer that found her penning a memoir, starting a cancer foundation and becoming a women's health advocate. Suddenly, I was a person who couldn't have children, but I gave birth to a book, Cancer's Mansion, and launched a movement with the goal of transforming people from patients into medical consumers, which I thought is kind of like a really like a really beautiful and like a perspective to have on something that happens to you. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't do that, but because that happened to me, I did all this other stuff, you know? And so, um, you know, it just was interesting because she, she does really get into her, the fact that she never had them. Right. Um, and she was playing somebody who, who had them. So I'm sure it was just like a, a weird thing, right. To be playing someone that's having something that like, I mean, obviously she wasn't diagnosed with cancer yet, so didn't know for sure she wasn't going to have them. But but uh, yeah, I would love to, if we ever get to talk to Fran Drescher, I would love to be like, you know, what what was it like emotionally playing Fran sometimes? Because, in her, you know, all this amazing stuff is happening to Fran fine when this was a really tough period in Fran Drescher's life. Like her, the, you know, and again, I mean, they're very public about this, but like their I marriage wonder, was coming. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was like escapism for her. You know, I mean, I... I 
I have no no interior knowledge, but I wonder if, if maybe that, like, if, if it wasn't just like, Hey, you know what? Like real life is tough right now, but like Fran Fine gets to live the sweet life and I'm going to just enjoy that when it, when it comes, you know? Yeah. I think she did say in some interviews that that's what it was like, where it was like, she loved getting to be Fran because Fran was so light and had everything together and always had the perfect thing to say. Um, like real life doesn't feel like that, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I was, I don't know. I, again, that's not really trivia as much as like, Hey, we're all huge fans of the show and we're huge fans of Fran Drescher. So, you know, it was just reminding me of, of, um, some of the context that she gives in her own memoir. So just on a chair. Uh, I mean, I think it's really sad, uh, that she didn't get to, uh, you know, uh, it seems like, I mean, I don't know the lady, but it seems like she would have been a great mom. So I, it is, it is kind of sad. She didn't get to experience that, but you know, um, Fran has lived a storied life, you know? <laughs> um, and there is something to be said for the freedom, uh, that, that comes with not having kids, uh, to allow for that kind of, of life. And, and there's like beauty in that too. So I, you know, it did certainly seems like she has found happiness, which is really nice to see. And right now she's having a whole, you know, resurgence as like a, a, you know, a, a, a leader of the people. Yeah. And I'll say this, I went on her, on the cancer schmancer website today, which is a nonprofit, um, for all sorts of, you know, health related advocacy. And one thing that I thought was cool was there's like, it was like masterclass, like on all sorts of health things and like cancer prevention and making sure your house doesn't have toxins in it that like are carcinogenic that most people don't know about. And I was like, Oh, I wonder how much this is going to be. Right. It's totally free. Like it's mm. like six parts. It's a lecture. And I was like, that's really nice. Like she's, she's really interested, like genuinely in wellness, but not like the wellness quote industry, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and she's, it not had trying these... to, she's, she's not Drew Barrymore trying to huck a bunch of garbage at you or Gwyneth Paltrow or whatever. Yeah. Oh, but so, you know, the whole point being like, um, the, she really does, like she really like the, her sort of second act, so to speak, or like life after cancer has been like, oh my gosh, there's all this stuff that like our court, the corporations that basically run our government do to make us all like sick all day, every day. And I want people to know, I want people to have, to be empowered to like mm -hmm. not eat these certain things that's in all our food or not have these products. And, and, you know, those are, that's real stuff. Like I'm, I'm pretty, honestly, I'm pretty good at turning a blind eye and living in a state of like, uh, this, Delusion? Little, this is a, fu oh. yeah, this is a future Toria <laughs> problem, but you yeah. know, I think the older you get, you really are like, Oh my God, the literally the only wealth that we have is our health. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's a really, I think it's a worthy cause. So, uh, anyway, I thought that was cool. Just thought cool. I'd share it. Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, that was great. So, okay, the the um, the Fran or the CC or whoever. Mm -hmm. Who were you? I mean, I one? definitely have some Niles in me because keeping that secret. Oh my mm. god, I don't think I would keep it. I don't think I would keep it. See, and I also was Niles, but not for the secret keeping. I was Niles for the uh, excitement and joy at having a child because <gasps> it truly is fun and I can't wait. It's going to be great. I like cannot wait. <sighs> yeah. I so. 
can wait, <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> heaven can so. wait. Uh, okay. And then before we go, I do want to just, I, my recommendation of the week, although this will be a couple of weeks from when I'm recommending it, but still, uh, no one will save you on Hulu. I cannot recommend this movie enough. It's like a little tense if you don't like love like Kenshin, but it's PG-13. There's nothing like gross or really anything in it. Um, and, and the only thing I'll spoil about the movie is there is only one line of dialogue in the whole movie and it oh is God. incredibly effective. Cannot recommend this movie enough. It's on Hulu. No one will save you. Written and directed by Brian Duffield. Go see it. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's my recommendation. I know we don't do that, but like, I just, I've loved this movie. I've been thinking about it for like three days now. I, it's so good. Um, uh, and listen, you, we, uh, you know what else is so good, Toria? Mm, this podcast and our merch, baby. Oh, yeah. You can go to omrchefpod.redbubble.com and you can check out our Big Babcock Energy t shirt or our Oh Mr. Sheffield podcast logo, uh, you know, hats and shirts. And basically, if you can slap it on something, we'll slap it on it for you and mail it <laughs> to you. Uh, courtesy of the great people at Redbubble. So that's omrchefpod.redbubble.com. Go check that stuff out. All of the proceeds are going to go to the Entertainment Community Fund to help all of our out-of-work uh, WGA and SAG-AFTRA friends, uh, NIOTC, and, and all of the all of the letters. Um, also, you should go to omrchefpod on Instagram and on Twitter because we post there all the time and we interact with everybody and it makes us feel good uh, and validated. So please continue to do that. And if you haven't said hi, come say hi. Uh, we had someone reach out recently. <laughs> we had someone reach out recently and uh, tell us about a surprise party that they were planning uh, that they wanted to include us in a speech they're writing for the person that they're <laughs> throwing the party for. And like, I don't know what all that, how all that is going to pay off, but more power to you. That's very exciting um, to us. Uh this is kind of a long episode, so I'm going to skip the listener emails this week, but I do have two great listener emails to cover on the next episode. So if you sent one in and you haven't heard uh, us talk about it yet, uh, I did not forget you or hate you. Uh, we're just, th these these episodes have been jam-packed, Toria. Mm -hmm. We're really delivering in our final season. They're really, it's because they're really delivering. I know. Um, okay, so on that note, should I play us out with uh, our segments theme or with that badass medical center theme? <sighs> I know. I, I guess I guess it should be ours, and I'll just all imagine right. that show I was imagining. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, well, Toria, it's been great, and I'll see you next week. Uh, goodbye. <gasps> goodbye. And now, segments. Are we ready for segments? We are so ready for segments. Let's go. Um, all right, so segment time. Segments. Mm -hmm. Should we move on to our segments? I'm dancing. Um, should we get into our segments? Segments. Uh, with Sean and Toria. Saving lives. Being doctors. Look out. Someone's having an aneurysm.